Hello there, and welcome to the latest episode of the Sith Taker Snapshots podcast. I'm your host uh, again, uh, Rich Polly, and joining me is young Mr. Ben Hibbert. Hello, Ben. Hello. I well thought you were going to say the Back to the Future podcast. <laughs> I thought about it. Um, I was going to do something about invisible plasma torpedoes, but we'll talk about them in a minute. Um, oh. And also, also joining uh, us today is um, we've, we've mentioned him a few times in the podcast, and he's he's got something of a decent record um, at X Wing over over the course of the last couple of years that we've known him. It's um, Andreas Tolman. Hello, Andreas. Hello, gentlemen. Did I pronounce it all correctly, or did I get close enough? Close enough. All right. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, he always pronounces Ben wrong as well. How do you pronounce Ben differently to how we pronounce? I don't know. Hibort. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, um, Hobart before when I signed into a hotel. <laughs> so you were trying to trying to get an upgrade, make yourself sound <laughs> posher. <laughs> um, so um, we've got a couple of bits and pieces to talk about today. Obviously, we're still um, absent any um, information from AMG. I know it's not even any rumoury kind of nonsense from AMG at the moment. Um, but um, we have started to see, you know, people thrashing out games in um, various uh, little tournaments. There's been a couple of store championships have kicked off. Um, people are preparing and starting to run through different stuff with the, the new points and with the new content. So um, we'll have a quick chat about those. Um, and uh, then we'll uh, we'll have a quick chat with Andreas about what he's been playing, what he's been doing, what he thinks as well. Um, but first things first, the battle of the Sith Takers podcast regulars, Rich v. Ben, Thursday night, Element Games, not seeing each other for a long time, except for briefly in passing at the last Sith Taker no, Open. I got to give you a hug. And I wasn't there when he gave me a hug. So it was lovely. It was lovely to see Ben. We went down, we played a couple of games. We saw um, and played a game against Johnny Hall as well, um, who absolutely smashed me in with um with his fo bombers um with his plasma torps and everything but there was this hilarious thing that happened when ben and i played which was i had a couple of the new resistance y-wings on the table spinning them around and ben was doing some odd action choices i think it's fair to say isn't it ben just a little bit yeah mate like arc dodge like taking barrel rolls to you know move into range one instead of taking arc and boosting out and i was thinking why is he not just trading shots with these y-wings i've only got two you know two single modded dice what's he doing and it turned out that he'd read johnny's list which had plasma torpedoes in it and then come and started to play me and in his head it transposed plasma torpedoes onto my two y-wings so spent the first half of the game arc dodging my plasma torpedoes and being really pleased with himself before he realised that there were no plasma torpedoes. And then I'd got to the point where I'd, I'd lost too much to try and come back from dodging. <laughs> oh, it was... Uh, I, did it lose, was I did lose the Nantexo to that mad crit train. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, fuel leak into direct hit on um, when two crits go through on a Nantex. It's, there's always a slight chance that it'll happen, but yeah, the, the, the probability of the damage deck just said no to you at that point. Um, but yeah, it was lovely to see you and, and actually play yeah, a game. and see you as well. And uh, I, I, I will admit... Niceness to you. <laughs> we don't you talk about... Know I really like you. <laughs> we, we don't talk about dice on this podcast, but your greens are shocking. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, they were like that all night, and I'm quite happy just to get them days out of the way when it's get just a club night. I don't mind that. It's when it's some part of an event. <laughs> oh, it was. I mean, my reds were a little bit hot, but your greens were just ice cold. It was ridiculous. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Right. 
anyway, that's that but, over and done. You know, with. lessons, read your opponent's cards twice. Yeah. Not the yeah. guy next to him. Yeah. Don't read the don't read the next table's list and go, Oh, that looks interesting and think that's your opponent when it's not. Um, but Johnny has turned my head to those bombers. Yeah. He's I've uh, been playing them a few times now. Do you know what he was using? He, he, sorry, that he used against me was feedback ping, which I'd not seen before. Um, he'd used the sensor boy suite, um, so he dropped them on to gas clouds so that they had four greens with a um, a blank um, to with a blank to um, evade right. because of the gas cloud. Unless you flew past the gas cloud, turned around and shot them from behind. So basically, it was. Um, like, oh, there's no point in trying to shoot those because it'll take far too much firepower. And then later on in the game, he just goes, I'll go here and take a target, uh, take a focus. And then you fly past them and he goes, and now I'll take a lock and now I'll plasma torpedo you. And it's like, wait, what? <laughs> and it was just like trying to avoid them was horrible. Um, but yeah, it was interesting to play against stuff I'd not played against before. Um, but I've, I've had quite a few games. I um, had the, the pleasure of stay on the leader, came around my house last night. Um, so Dave Sutcliffe um, lives about 15 minutes drive away from me. So he came around for a, a cheeky evening, a um, couple of games and um, absolutely battered me twice. Um, I wasn't I wasn't making the best decisions. I wasn't playing the best, but um, we did both put reasonably powerful lists on the table and he just outplayed me for both games. And it was, yeah, well, either of us could have won if you looked at the list and you looked at, you know, the setup and stuff. And then he just made better decisions. And I was self-bumping and forgetting how far two banks went and you know all that stuff of actually using physical ships that we need to blow the rust off from so it's good been good though it's been good to get some games in with some people that i've not seen for a long time so anyway all that said and done. rich king was there as well on thursday isn't it <laughs> oh he wasn't he wasn't playing though he was just um he was just trying to hold the fact he'd ordered some food over you over you which was a bit if you're not nice to me, I won't give you your chicken burger. I don't want you to pay for it. <laughs> it's not like he bought it for me. <laughs> he just phoned it in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're going to give it to me and I won't give it to you. Uh, anyway, we don't need to talk about the, the food-based politics of the Sith Takers. He's <laughs> <laughs> obviously never seen anyone trying to get between me and my food. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Okay, so we've got two events that we want to talk about that happened over the weekend. The first one I'm going to talk about is Worcester War Games, um, which happened in Worcester. Um, it's one of the rescheduled uh, store championships from pre-COVID, so it was hyperspace. Um, it was organised by um, a guy we've met a couple of times who's been to a few of our events, and, and we've bumped into him, Leon Smith. He's a great guy, and so he's organised that. Um, they had in the end about 30 people turned up for the game, uh, turned up for it, um, and you know, some really good players. Um, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's looked like it's gone um, a bit interestingly because, uh, first of all, congratulations go to Craig Reed, who we mentioned a few weeks ago, um, because he came second at the last Sith Taker Open and at a couple oh, yeah. of other events and things like that. Um, so, you know, Craig's a great player and he's gone and he's, he's won the day on this. Interestingly, his, his record over the course of the day was five and two. So he lost two games in, in Swiss. It was five rounds of Swiss. He went three and two and sneaked into the top four cut on MOV um, and, then, uh, and then went ahead and won 
um, is two uh, is is cut games. Sorry, um, it's two cut games to to win it out. Um, so yeah, they they played five rounds of Swiss on thirty players, which is probably one round too many, which is why they ended up with a weird kind of bunch of odd like four and ones and three and twos in cut rather than it being you know a a four oh or whatever. But um, yeah, anyway, um, do you want to talk about his list? It's hyperspace. Yeah, but it's uh, it's a bit weird, isn't it? I so mean, it's an... he's literally just called it scum jank. <laughs> yeah, and it's an evolution um, scum yank um, for one for some reason. Oh yeah, um, it's it's an evolution of the um, the old four ship um, I four um, Bosk scum list. So can't afford Joy Rekoff anymore. So he's replaced her with Sonny Binder. Um, but it's Torkel Mux with. Um, Late L337 and Moldy Crow, uh, Bosk with Greedo, Contraband, Cybernetics, and Cutthroat, Genesis Red with Cutthroat and Proton Torpedoes, and uh, Sunny Binder with Ion Torpedoes. Um, and uh, he was chatting about it in uh, chat a little bit earlier, and he basically said he smashed Bosk into them, um, muxed something to zero, and then tried his hardest to kill it before he could shoot back. Seems good. I just want to call him on there. Uh... Just putting a picture of his list up, like Tom does. <laughs> Take a screenshot, it's, and it's just become like the read way. <laughs> hey, Andreas, you've played a little bit of um, of Scum Jank. What do you think of that as a combo? So, Bosk is always strong. We know this, and just like you said, you always throw him in there, and he deals more damage than he's worth. That's just how Bosk does it. And I think Torkoal's gone up in value, not actual points, but his worth. Because I think there's a lot more people flying high initiative stuff. Four, five, six. Mm-hmm. And it's a good list because of that. And it's got Sunny Bounder. Sunny Bounder. Fred. Almost my favorite uh, yeah. pilot in the M3A. So Genesis Red is the one who just picks on low initiative ships and torps them. Is that right? Yep. If you take a focus, he takes a target lock on you and gets a focus and then gets a double modded torque. Well, that's just a focus. You get whatever green tokens they have. Yeah. Well, I think, to be honest, focus is the important one. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, they get two. The focus is the important one, though, because he takes the lock and gets focus lock, and that's why you have torps on him. Makes him expensive, like 45 points on an M3A, but. Yeah, um, but that's still worth it because it's a hard ship to kill. I mean, three agility. And then cutthroat for when inevitably Bosca goes down. Um, Genesis Red gets a torque back, having already shot the previous two torpedoes. So, yeah. Um, but a couple of people did beat Craig um, over the course of the day. Um, so it's not some unbeatable, amazing combo wombo list that um, you can Please. just plunk down on the table and win. So he lost to um, the Ben Saunders, who he ended up beating on top table. Um, and he also lost to Kester Smith. Um, so also top um, four. Also top four. So yeah, uh, a little bit of an everybody beats everybody. Um, but seasoned Craig, seasoned professional ex-winger, um, now retired so he can stay nice up as man. late as he likes. Yeah, now retired <laughs> so he can stay up as late as he likes and do what he wants. Um, yeah, managed to do it. So he he beat Ben uh, Saunders on final table, and uh, Ben was flying uh, a Republic list that was. Um, Actually, a really interesting two esque V wings. So Alpha Three E ESK. That's the one where you can say any of my crits are going to do ions to you before you make your attack. Um, so 
there's nothing that you can do to trigger it with them. It's just like one in eight chance of doing an ion token instead of something else. Uh, 104th Battalion Arc Warthog in the lat with Wolfpack. Um, so dishing out free target locks at the cost of strain. Um, and then Ayla Secura in the ETA2 with Predator. So Ayla is the one that allows you to turn a blank to a focus on defense if she's in range one of the attacking ship something like that anyway if, it's if the attacking arc. ship is in her arc at range That's one. right yeah if the attacking ship is in her arc at range one yeah um i was i only knew because i had to look it up because i didn't know what it did <laughs> <laughs> so i mean this is this is five relatively i mean i i wouldn't class a v-wing as relatively strong it's a bit of a, a bit of a hodgepodge of republic um, and I can't see how it all kind of works together, but obviously it does. Um, but it is a lot of ship, and V-Wings can be hard to kill because, you know, three greens. Lats and arcs are hard to kill because, you know, nine or 11 health or whatever it is they've got. And then, you know, also Isla being able to just say, I'll just evade that. Plus Warthog, so, you know, you can't initiative kill anything other than the Jedi anyway. So... And she's at five, so it's not likely to happen. Seems good. Do you any thoughts on that one, Ben? No, it's a bit random, but um, it's nice to see the Republic up there again because they were a bit of a bad spot before, weren't they? Yeah. Yeah, they definitely were. I mean, um, I, I really don't like that um, esque title. It's free, though. So, Oh, is it free? Yeah, so you're not losing anything by putting it on, and you're gaining the option where if somebody's pointing a Jedi at the edge of the board, you can kind of say, well, here's a here's a one in eight chance that I just kill you now. Because if I do a crit and it, you don't cancel it, it doesn't go on your hull. It gives you an iron token and off you drift. And you're dead next turn if you don't go off the board because I can just fly in behind you and, and kill you to death. Um, so I, I get what it's kind of there for. I just don't like the randomness of it. There's also the the irritating factor of, you know, range one of a decimator or something and you shoot it with two dice and you do two crits and you don't do crits to it. You do two ion tokens to it and it does nothing. Um, so well, it does you know. nothing that turn, but then they have to fly that thing so it's never pointing towards the edge. Yeah. It's just, I, I don't like the random factor, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. I think the random factor... You increase your chances of crits though with having the lat and wolf pack, right? Oh yeah, all with, those with rerolls. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I don't know how much it increases them by, like a couple of percent or something, but it's it's worth it. Yeah, I mean, I I get it, and it's free, so you know, there's the odd opportunity where you would say it, and ultimately you have to declare it. So, you know, if you really want to just push damage into that decimator, you just say, "I'm not using my ability this turn," and you you throw your two crits and you do two crits to it because you have to activate it before you make your attack. So, yeah, it's um, you're not going to accidentally do it to a decimator. That was a kind of a stupid example, but um. Yeah, so anyway, there's that one. Um, and it's interesting to see that um, the other title being used because loads of people have used Besh to get the bombs and stuff like that. But it's interesting to see the um, the ESC one being used. Um, top four, we had um, Jordan Bishop. Uh, so well done to him for getting top four with Rebels. Um, he had uh, Leia, Luke, and Ahsoka. Um, so Leia with Shattering Shot in the Millennium Falcon uh, with the Falcon title. Um, Luke with just foils and Ahsoka with Instinctive Aim and Prockets. Best combo in the game, maybe. It's, good, 
Yeah, so it's a very good carrier of of prockets with instinctive aim because you spend a force, you take a target lock, and then you've got target lock and two force to mod your procket. So she's gonna get four or five hits rather than relying on paint coming up. I, I mean, do really like this list though, and like you say, Ahsoka is a great A wing. I would be tempted to put patience on her. Yeah, well, there's a two point bid sitting there, so. There's yeah, room just, for it. <laughs> to point out as well that this event used bids. Yeah, so it's used the, the uh, rules. yeah it used the uh, the the current tournament rules rather than the suspected future tournament rules. <laughs> um, the made up ones. Yeah. yeah. So they they use the rules that are actually written down somewhere rather than the ones that we think might be written down somewhere at some point in the next three to six months. Um, <laughs> so. Um, yeah, so I mean, it's a good list. I flew something similar to this in the Farcast Cup online. I did terribly with it, um, but I didn't have this Ahsoka. I had a, a different build on Ahsoka um, and also kept doing dumb things like flying her off the board on turn three because I was trying to be clever, that kind of thing. So um, I think Shattering Shot makes a, a difference to this. I think I had K2SO sitting on Leia at that point in time to throw um, calculates around as well. But um, yeah, it's, it's an interesting... Layer. Leia, Luke, and Thane list that we were all flying for a while. That was a long. That that was a bit ago, and it, it's yeah. still a good hyperspace list. I think I used it in the in the far. I think I used this version, but different upgrades in Farcast. But it wasn't hyperspace, and I think that really showed. I think this is a really good hyperspace list, but it's not great when you come up against some of the the, the filth that exists in Extended. Um. <laughs> But yeah, it's a good one. Um, and then the last um, top four we've already mentioned, um, Kester Smith. So um, probably the greatest thing to come out of Sheffield X-Wing. Contentious statement, who knows? Um, Everyone from Sheffield, attack rich when you see him. <laughs> just, just rage on me. I'm going <laughs> to have a Discord. I can't dislike you any more than they already do. That's, that's true. Um, so Kester used the list that he, he spanked me with a couple of um, weeks ago when he was practicing for this. Um, which is Kylo in the Whisper uh, with Predator and Enhanced Jamming Suite. Uh, Grudge in a Bomber with Thermal Detonators and Cluster Mines. And then two Cenar Jameis test pilots in, in the, the TIE Bombers with Thermal Detonators and Cluster Mines. Um, so Cluster Mines, there's a throwback for you. Um, and I suspect that a lot of people probably didn't know what they were going to do when he dropped three things out the back of his ship what are those but they've got cheaper um, and also the prox mines aren't hyperspace legal yeah but this thing he can uh, with these things he can boost over the top of you and then lay two on top of you so if you bump into the front of him then next turn you're eating two cluster mines basically um and if you're in a formation you know he can which is what he did to me basically he can drop an absolute pile of cluster mines on top of two of your ships just boosting over the top of you it gets a bit um gets a bit rude it was what happened was i had two low initiative x-wings moving before his bombers so they moved forward his bombers then jumped over the top of them and then my high initiative x-wings bumped into the front of the bombers so i got no shots into them one of them laid a line of cluster mines on top of the back the the front rank of x-wings and the other one boosted over the top and laid a line of cluster mines over the back row of x-wings it was it was fairly disgusting, and um, I will never allow it to happen again. Um, but it was horrible when it did. Um, I really like that list as well. Um, it's it's making me look at, I must admit, 
I'm genuinely thinking about picking up a couple of packs of the um of the new FO stuff for the force upgrades, but also because as previously mentioned, you can buy one or two of those plus one other blister pack or two other blister packs and make a series of really good lists out of it. Um and especially if, you know too. Yeah, if you pick up a silencer and a whatever it's called, the Von Regs tie. Um what's it called? The tie Hi, Baron. Yeah. Um so you pick up the tie baron, the the silencer, and one, or maybe if you're being super keen, two of these, so that you can fly four of the bombers. It just opens up a huge amount of list options, which is interesting. Um, I'm you into the first bad guy faction. I used to have a reasonably big first order collection, and then I sold it all off when second edition came out and swapped a lot of stuff. So I had like an Upsilon and silencer and a couple of SFs and a bunch of FO fighters, and I just got rid of them. Um, I'll, I won't do it because I'll look at the actual price of buying that many ships in one go and I'll just have a heart attack and return back to the giant box of things that I've never used, never right. ever used. Um, you go to Element and you'll sneak one home for Mrs. Polly doesn't know. And you'll no. sneak another one home. I, I, I genuinely don't You'll think buy it and leave it at Sean's house again. <laughs> <laughs> I only did that once. <laughs> All the time. <laughs> nah, I'd, Put them back, open them, put them away, and you fell tear before you go home. That's how you do it. <laughs> um, the other one that I want to talk about is a list that I've seen popping up a couple of times in different places. Moving swiftly on, I should say. Um, <laughs> Richard Greenaway, who I know does listen occasionally to the podcast, was there with his lads, and he was flying um, Jessica Parva um, with just foils and then four of the New Republic Y Wings. So Lega Fossang, who's the one where she grants rerolls if there's ships in the side arc of the target. Um and uh, and then three of the generic i3s with dorsal turrets and engine upgrades, and it's two hundred points, and it's four ships that can boost to get a free calculate, so they're not one forward into victory. Um, and then Jess Palva, who obviously um just smashes stuff if you don't shoot out there and force it as burner mods on defense. Um, yeah. Um, and he's done well. And the reason I want to call it out is because Andrew Oler, who we've had on the podcast before and who regularly pops up and chats with us about stuff um played this at a hyperspace gold squadron event and did really well with it and i know liam played against this or um something i'm not sure if it was richard or if it was um somebody else at the event and said this is disgusting and it shouldn't be allowed or words to that effect um and when liam is talking like that about a list it tends to mean that it is actually pretty good. Now, I can't head sim, and maybe you two can help me with it, I cannot head sim why this is good. Yes, Richard beat Liam 264. I cannot head sim why this is good. Should I go first, Andreas? Yeah, go for, uh, sure. Now you're on the spot. Um, I've got a quick answer. It's, there's just a lot there, isn't there? It's a lot of hull. So they've got seven they're health. Hard to, they're yeah. just hard to kill that many ships. Well, each of those ships have seven health. So you're looking at 35 health. So seven health behind one green, apart from Parva, but seven health between one green for the Y-Wings. They should die one a turn if you point more than <laughs> two ships. At. If you point three or four ships at them, they should die, shouldn't they? Maybe. It depends if you roll one or two evades. Yeah, if you're rolling an evade every turn. And and I get that they can get to weird places and they can probably pull blocks off because they're able to three straight and then 
boost and then take a calculate and not be stressed and then you know circle using their dorsal turrets rather than having to k turn and stuff i i get that but it just feels like people are not quite aware of what these y-wings can do so far so there may be not flying optimally against them if that makes sense but i don't know i don't well, think like it's easy as just kill one a turn i don't think it's that easy to kill no it's seven health can still take a long time to kill i guess it's like it's like tie bombers and fireballs and things that have got that annoying kind of five health which is just just enough that they don't just evaporate when you look at them um they can just hang on with that one health left to be a nuisance for the next turn and make you spend a shot killing them next turn. That's the I think that's the critical thing. Because even if it's not going to do any damage, you need to spend a shot to kill it um, rather than starting on the next one, basically. But I, mean, I can't understand how it's... Yep. I think part of it, too, is even if you do get it down to one health, they can run away because they've got boost. And then you have to spend chasing it while the other ones hunt you down. Yeah, so they can four straight boost and have a calculate and be running away and be at range three and then have two greens mm -hmm. with a calculate and maybe survive yet another turn. And then do you, you know, all in on killing that one hell ship and end up with everything behind you? Um, but I mean, it must be good. It must be a good list. You know, it's solid and, you know, good players are picking it up and putting it on the table. Um, I just, I can't see why. Something like um, there's another resistance list doing the rounds at the moment, which is like um, Jousty Mark II, which is like um, rows two X wings and two of the Y wings with um, targeting computer um, and uh, and a dorsal turret. So they get a double modded um, two dice attack every turn as long as they take a lock. Um, so as long as they don't bump, they're getting lock plus calculate. And then you've got Jess Parva, you've got the a re-rolling because of a droid. Um, T70, and then you've got Rose throwing double modded two dice out. You know, so you've got front to back double modded attacks, and yet yeah, when people use that, it doesn't fare as well as when people use this. And I can't, can't understand why. I think part of it is these are the initiative threes. Yeah. Right. And that allows you to out initiative the lower stuff. You know, like all the FO bombers, the new stuff. Most people are taking the initiative twos. Which means you can just boost out of arc and still have shots with your turret. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm. I'm. I'll see because this um, another box of Y wings is weirdly enough. After all the times I said I'm not buying two boxes because I've already got eleven Y wings. Um, it's actually now firmly on my list of things to to buy because I've seen quite a few good, interesting looking lists that have got three or four of these Y wings in. Um. So, you know, just being able to to play that. Obviously, um, what I'll probably do is um, give it a few runs out on TTS and see if I, if I like it, because there's no point buying it to stick it on a table in real life once and then go, yeah, that was a bit crap, and then have <laughs> more wiring sitting in the box. I'm a bit sad that they turned out they were all right, because I was really, like, down on them when they come out. I, I'm yeah, not sure if they're had good. anything good to say about them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've... I've one of the games I played against Dave um, the other night was um, he he had um, Zori on the table, and because I didn't deal with Zori, Zori did bad things to the list because I went after a different ship first. Um, and yeah, it was um, she's good, 
but she's good in a very specific way. And I do think I've used him a couple of times. Um, the commander pull at 55 points now. You just don't put anything on him. That's enough. And uh, Dave and I were joking that you don't call him Poe because then you think of him as the trigger happy flyboy, amazing endgame piece, piece, uh, piece. And he's not that when he's the 55.1. He's a double modded T70 who shoots at I6 and is worth 55 points, not 73 or 80 or 100 or whatever you put onto him. Um, so you, you, know, you use him as a trading piece. And if he's left at the end of the game, then you've got double reposition every other turn. Um, you know, and you're still in a T70 and you're still at I6. So, um, yeah, it's, um, I think Poe's in a really good spot now at 55. Um, and I think I've just turned this into resistance chat, so I'm going to control myself. I'm going to stop that there. Um, I was just about to tell you, I just don't think he's as good as you think he is. You know, I think he's, I think he's good, but he's different because he's a double modded I6. Yeah, yeah, anyway. Go on. Uh, next one. We're going to talk about the Kernel Cup now. So, um, so once again, well done to Craig uh, for winning Booster War Games and getting another giant focus token coin thing that Liam can't have. That's um, more what I'm proud of him for. Stopping Liam. <laughs> stopping Liam getting his third one. Um, he can cannot ascend. Yeah. <laughs> he needs he needs three to ascend. Apparently, um, so... I hope someone steals his other two just to really rub it in as well. <laughs> so. Um, the Kernel oh, Cup was about a fire spray. <laughs> so the the Kernel Cup was a um a a medium. I said medium. I have no idea how big it was. I think it was around thirty game, wasn't it? Yeah, it was thirty players. Yeah. Um. Well, sorry, they had thirty tickets sold, but they had four people who didn't um start. So they had twenty six players in the end down in Cornwall. Um. So run by the Tin Squadron. Um. Who we've had on here a couple of times. Um. So. Uh, look them up for a bunch of the stuff they do on Discord. But this was an in-person event, um, and they had, a, um, as I said, 26 people turned up. Um, and they had cheese. Yeah, they had a big wheel of cheese that people just ate from during the course of the day, and it, there was more pictures of the cheese than there was of painted ships. So um, I hope it was yeah, Cornish. Star was it Cornish Wars pirate cheese? cheese wheel. <laughs> was, it, was it Cornish pirate cheese? Or yarn? as it's it looked known. nice. It did. Did you? did you? I mean, you, you were too busy talking to hear my joke. I heard it. I just didn't think it was funny. Oh, fair enough. It's a fair cop. Um, so, um, well done to um, Sean Oakley, who won yeah, with nice resistance. Um, so, yeah, Sean's one of the, the, the he didn't organize this. It was Chris and Nikki Burnett organized this yeah, one. He made um, the cup, though, that he won. What? Chris did? No, Sean did, didn't he? Oh, Sean, yeah. Sh- he made the what the cup? Oh yeah, yeah sorry. Yeah, he won the he made the trophy. Yeah, he he <laughs> manufactured the trophy. Um, so Sean was flying resistance. He was flying the um list that I've just talked about. Um, so um, we don't need to go into it anymore. It's, it's five double modded attacks, two threes and three twos. So an awful lot of double modded attacks at I three basically. Um, and I guess that. Looking at his score, it looks like a lot of people jousted him and were surprised at what happened. He went undefeated, didn't he? Yeah, From, he did. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so five and oh no, four and oh, and then they did a top eight. So, um, four rounds of Swiss and then three rounds of cut, and um, yeah, he uh, he went seven and over the course of the day, undefeated champion of the southwest of England. 
Um, and I think it's an interesting list, um, but we're not going to talk about it anymore. Um, he beat um, Alex. Like uh, you have a favourite faction or something. I've got two, really. But, um, but one you nice, always talk about. It's nice to see Resistance doing well for once, because we never win anything. So actually winning an event. No, no, you didn't win anything. You still didn't them. win anything. No, I'm like, I'm like doing the royal we of the football supporter. You know, we won the league, not you know the team that i support when we won they say we the resistance won an event well done sean um yeah well done sean mate anyway as i I was trying to move on and you brought me back that time so you you, you do this to yourself um i like insulting you (laughs) so alex alex k i don't know who um he is but um alex came second he he top tabled with uh fenrau with fearless kanan in a hawk with maul and Moldy Crow, uh, so we know what he does. He just uh, says nope to uh, you having any attack dice for you know two shots a turn. Um, and then Num Lum with Sam Wessel still there and Proton Torpedoes. So I do like that Num. Yeah, so Num takes a focus and then says, "Go and shoot me. I'll have a target lock on you." Um, and then I'll uh, yeah, then I'll light you up with my torp, or don't shoot me and I'll shoot you anyway. Um, yeah, seems good. Um, so Alex came second. Um, Fun to throw five dice with Ben. Yeah, well, oh, yeah, definitely. What What do you think of that one, Andreas? Um, Fen is a solid piece, and paired with Kanan, because Kanan is one of those things of, oh, I'm just going to let everyone survive longer. Yeah, and it's a solid list. It hits hard. Yeah, I mean, yeah. between Moldy Crow. Doing double modded three dice attacks, probably. Um, and then Fen rolling essentially a double modded with Fearless, potentially five dice attack. I love Fearless. Yeah. And then with Kanan able to say, I'll just reduce your three dice down to two or your four dice down to three with Fenrau getting a free evade and adding an extra dice at range one, it, it all kind of gets a little bit ridiculous. Well, I. I think the real power from Kanan with Fang Fighters is it allows them to get to range one. Yeah. Because yeah. usually that's the problem of that range three, two, they get in trouble. But this allows you to get that knife fight and stay in there. Yeah. It, that, that's the Fen has the problem of he's sitting at range two and does he spend the focus to do three hits or does he do one and then sit there um, and then hope that, they're, that his greens don't crap out. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. Um, top four, then, Liam Burnett. So um, one of the Burnett clan. I think this is a, a brother, maybe, of Chris. Liam's the one who came to Worlds with us. Yeah. Um, so he, he came top four with uh, Major Von Reg, Kylo, and Rush. Uh, so, sorry, just to um, correct, Ben, that was Ryan that came to Worlds. Oh, sorry. I'm not very good with names. You know what I'm like. Oh, no, Liam Burnett's the, the one who was winning the Burnett Cup last time I looked. Yeah, he's the one who everybody mistakes for... Liam, Ian Barker, Liam Baker, Mickey, um, in standings and wonder how he's playing two games at the same time, um, because there's not more than two people in the world called Liam with B for a surname. But um, yeah, well, so he was flying F Oasis. Yeah, so he was flying F Oasis with an eight-point bid. Eight-point bid, crazy. So I'd I'd be tempted to say this is probably one of my favorite ace lists. I've flown it quite a bit, other than. I think you have to have extreme maneuvers on Kylo. Mm, so he's got sensor scramblers on there, which gives him a cloak, is it? Yeah. Yeah, you start with a cloak token. Yeah. Um, 
So that silencer is going to be able to do some weird shenanigans. Um, but yeah, I've I think I've played a couple of games against you or Connor or somebody with um, that Kylo, but with extreme maneuvers on him. And yeah, he, they really get places. Those um, yeah. I fives and sixes. Yeah, I'm I'm almost tempted to say it's probably, in my opinion, it's the best three ship aces in the game. Yeah, I mean it. Silencers don't die easily because they can take a punch because uh, they've got the health to to ride it out. And um, Von Reg can just not he can, he can choose to nope out with double repositions, um, or with reposition plus an evade token. And whichever one of them you point at can comfortably disengage while the other two come in and do bad things to you with double modded attacks. So also yeah. with silencers with that hole, you can make a mistake and not lose the game. Whereas normal aces, you make one mistake. You've just lost yeah. a ship. <laughs> is is Rush the one who starts at I one and jumps to I six? Yeah. I two. I two. Sorry. Yeah. Um but yeah, so he you end up basically you don't want to shoot him because you don't want to have a ship another ship that can ace you at I six. So um yeah, and uh, the other the other top four um was um Matthew Vickery, um who brought F Oasis as well, so second instance, but this time it was Von Regless Daredevil, Quick Draw with Special Forces Gunner, Afterburners, Fire Control System, Predator, Pattern Analyzer, 69 points as a fat quick draw. And then Kylo Whoa, Ren in the Whisper. <laughs> and then Kylo Ren in the uh, in the Whisper with enhanced jamming suite, extreme maneuvers and predator for 70 points of um of whisper nonsense with Kylo. So yeah, a slightly different take on it. Um, what do you think of that one, Ben? You since Andreas talked about Liam's one a little bit. Um, I, I don't. I think I prefer the other version better myself. Yeah, but it, I do like seeing quick draw because it gives you that bad choice, doesn't it? You know, shoot me, I'm going to shoot you back again. Yeah, and just just all that nonsense with quick draw. Um. It's a bit sad. I suppose you've got the fire control lamp these days. But yeah. the, the tie whisper, that's that's the one that's sort of the build I was looking at going towards after I think we spoke about it a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Um how I didn't like the malice um I think it's biohex code or something. Mm-hmm. That that version seems a lot more especially when you can hard one, hard one boost. Yeah. I mean for me I I look at this quick draw and it it, it kind of I think it just makes it stand out that quick draw if you don't. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so old, I didn't even notice. Um, so, so quick draw, um, if you don't shoot quick draw, quick draw is a single modded TIE SF with a three dice gun, right? If you do shoot quick draw, quick draw does nasty things to you. Um, I think in this list, there's so many points in quick draw that you can basically still continue to basically ignore quick draw and let him be a single or her be a single modded three dice attack while you focus your attention on one of the ships that you can't deal with later on in the game but then again you know it's a six a six and a five so i do kind of not quite know where you would point your guns because kylo and quick draw are 69 and 70 points um and Von Reg's 56, so you don't want to be chasing Von Reg and him just not dying when you're chasing the, the cheapest chip in the list. But um, 
simultaneously, you know, you don't want to be pointing everything at Quickdraw so that Von Reg and Kylo can just go to town on you. So You certainly don't want Quickdraw to be the last ship, though, as well. Yeah, because that gets nasty. Because then she's got a lock and is coming in with this. I suppose there's the problem with this one with all the, the upgrades. It's lock plus predator plus pattern analyzer plus fire control. So, you know, if she gets a bullseye on you, she's re-rolling two dice um, without having to spend a lock. So, yeah, it's an interesting build and uh, well done to Matthew for getting top four. Um, as we said, they did have a top eight, so we'll quickly skip through the um, the three guys that um, didn't quite make the top four. So uh, John Vickery, so Matthew's brother, I'm not going to say big or younger because I'm not sure. Um, they're um, Captain Rex's boys um, and, <laughs> and apparently Captain Rex is now retired from X-Wing. Um, I think um, this was his last event um, from tournaments. Yeah, so he's, he's not going to travel the tournaments anymore. Um, so um, well done to, to him um, for playing um, through. It's uh, a long time in the X-Wing community. He's very well known and very well regarded. I've never had the pleasure of meeting him, unfortunately. But, I've never met um, any of them, I don't think. I know I played... Um, I played Matt when I went down to Bristol um, and I've played John a couple of times online and chatted with him a few times online, but I've never had the pleasure in person. So um, so anyway, John was flying third wheel wookie, which is something that I picked up and had great fun with and then put down. Um, it's got cheaper and John's been playing it since that time. He's been, he's been on it for about six months. Um, it's now got a tactical officer on Chewbacca so that he can coordinate without getting stressed. It's got ferrosphere paint on the two X-Wings. It's got torps on, on both X-Wings now, um, advanced protons on Snap and um, plasma torps on Karikun. Um, they've also got Heroic. They've all still got um, Astromex if they need them. It's just it's just got cheaper and cheaper and cheaper, and you've just been able to keep adding upgrades and improving it. And yeah, John's done a lot of testing with a lot of different configurations, and it, it's good to see him um getting into top cut with it so uh yeah it's a great list i might actually pick it back up again but um inevitably be sad when i don't do as well with it as john does because he's got more reps <laughs> so, it's good um i never understand got... this one either i never understand why surely you just kill chewbacca yeah but it's hard because chewbacca's in a falcon and he's got 11 health and you've got to get through the t70s to kill him so yeah. if you're trying to do that Snap's probably putting an advanced proton torpedo into you. And it moves in a really weird way as well because of um, the coordinate plus Carrie Kun's daredevil boost. You can do that pre-movement. Um, so she can go into weird spots. Um, and Snap is really, really good um, because he gets those um, advanced proton torpedoes off because he can just dial in a two-move and then boost in for free. Um, so, yeah, he's... Uh, I get it, and I get why it's good, but yeah, you 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 want to try and kill Chewbacca first. The problem is he takes a while to kill, and if you're chasing him, the two T70s are just smashing you. I mean, I can I know it's good because loads of people have done well with it. I just don't get it. Yeah, I mean, I think I think um, if you'll indulge me for about twenty seconds. Um, no, let's move on. The reason why the reason why Chewbacca never did anything before was because people always paired him with stuff that was easy to kill, so that you would be tempted to kill the fireballs or the pods, um, so that you could get guns off the table, which meant that Chewbacca was then, you know, hitting you back with those revenge shots. But the problem was it was so obvious that what you had to do to win was kill Chewbacca. Where in this, there's three ships. 
and if you don't go after snap and carry kun they'll um they'll start hurting you with the torps because they're big and they're a threat by themselves where fireballs and pods aren't a threat by themselves um so there is an actual choice to make here um and you know yes chewbacca is 80 points but he's like two ships worth he's like two 40 point ships where the x-wings are like around 60 each so yeah just yeah i i mean i, I just really want to put um, afterburners and carry can now because you get it it's only like four points and but there's just not enough points but next points change this will come down again so we'll put I think it on Andreas was just trying to say it's good well i've flown against you rich when you were flying this list yeah. and it is a it's a hard list because like you said temen hits hard with those advanced protons yeah and since we played it it's upgraded because now carry can can have plasma torpedoes as well or any other combo of upgrades that counts up you know you've got two spherosphere paints and plasma that's 13 points of upgrades that's been added to this list although chewbacca um, is missing the uh dead man switch yeah <laughs> which is there for the fun <laughs> um well there used to be an m9g8 droid on Karakun as well so that's come off because you know if you've got c3po plus ray you've got a 75 percent chance of three hits something like that instead of a 98 percent chance of three hits with m9g8 so um, you know, they're playing the numbers. You don't really want to spend five points on something that's adding like 20% hit chance when you're already at a ridiculously high hit chance. Um, but it is a passive mod. So, um, but then taking it off frees up more torps. So, more big shots. Anyway, enough resistance. Yeah. Well, there's one more resistance list coming um, in this. So, I apologize. I'm a squad builder to try it at some points, try and understand it. Um, so Rick Hancock, um, top eight with a Mux, sp- I'm going to say Swarm, Seavor, two quad jets, um, Sarko and Ankar, and then two Caraxes, um, Cartel Marauders, 200 points, uh, no upgrades uh, at all, um, just counted to 200 with, um, with, with six ships. So the old-fashioned Mux Swarm. This There's looks like a dirty there. list. Yeah. I Go on because there's nothing worse than shooting at initiative. Well, there's one thing that's worse than sh- shooting at initiative zero, and that's being tractored. <laughs> yeah, tractored onto a rock, then somebody else goes to initiative zero. Yeah, that's. And then Seavor jamming you as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so th- three ships potentially not shooting, two because they get tractored onto rocks or out of arc, and one because it gets muxed and then shot to death. Yeah pretty dirty like really dirty <laughs> approach approach with care <laughs> i mean yeah i'd i'd hate to see this across the table from me absolutely hate it so well done well done to rick uh, for that one um and then the last um one in the top eight was mark packer hughes so i know he, i know he listens as well so well done to mark um so he's used um commander poe uh, at 55 as the list i talked about before but with bastion um, there's another variation of this that's kicking about, which is where you put Kaz in instead of Bastion and put an M9G8 on Jess um, or on Poe and lock Kaz so that he gets double mods as well. But yeah, you've got four T70s that double mod, basically. It's a big, chunky, beefy list. Um, and it's good, you know, and it's exactly the kind of list you want to put in your bag for new players to say, here's a, here's a good list to start you off with because you can re-roll everything. And you've got a focus, so you're always going to do damage to people. Um, and they know yeah. who Poe is. Yeah, 
they know who that's Paul is. always a good spot in it when you're playing a, a new person as a character yeah. they know who it is this so, is Paul Dameron <laughs> yeah R68 on that red squadron is very interesting yeah it's good um, is it good so I'm going to talk about Alessandro Mazzi of Team Italy XTC fame and the person who invented Jousty McJoust face but called it something different. And basically, his, he said, it's hard to get bullseye on one ship, but when you've got five ships, something has bullseye on something. And this has got four ships. Something probably has bullseye on something, especially if you're kind of spread out. It doesn't matter if the Red Squadron expert doesn't have bullseye on something if Poe does. If Poe's got bullseye on something over at range two of the red of, of the red squadron, he suddenly gets to just reroll one of his dice. Mm-hmm. And that's that's it. It's basically like I've got Predator, but I've got four opportunities to trigger it rather than one opportunity to trigger it. Um and yeah, it it's really good. It's it's hard to seem what I'm trying to say. It's hard to head sim it as being good. But when you actually put it on a table and play it, you go, oh, wait, actually, somebody always does have bullseye on something. Like, especially when you've got like a four ship kind of beefy jousty kind of list like this, where your ships are all kind of close together and your bullseyes are all kind of overlapping. If something lands in front of any one of your four ships, he gets a reroll. So, yeah, I, I like it. And, you know, I get that it's not ideal. It's not perfect. You know, it's not loads of rerolls. It's not you know, as consistent as a lock, it's not as consistent as Parva, but, um, you know, it's it's essentially, it's four points, which does a nice job of, you know, balancing the list out and uh, not having one really cheap ship um, that people can avoid because it's a single modded attack. They've got to think about it as well. So that's it. Anyway, you've indulged me, so thank you. Baker, I didn't even tell you to stop. <laughs> no? Um, I think... We just both started ignoring you. <laughs> well, a few people, a few people have asked about the droid um, in different yeah. places. Not, not like asking me, but like you said, I keep seeing this droid coming up in lists, and I don't think it's good because it's just like Predator, but more expensive. And then somebody comes on and explains the if you've got a spider web of bullseyes overlapping, then something has bullseye on something, and then you get rerolls on that thing. Um, so that's the thing. Everything else should be target locking and, and focusing fire on. Um, so you know it does require thought to get the best out of it, but yeah, it, I, I've actually it's tried it. It's, it's quite good in like a jousty list. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, you need you need the arc to take advantage of it. Like it's probably bad with less than four ships, but I think with four or five or six ships, it's probably a really good inclusion in any list um, if you've got four points sitting there. Um, I mean, he could take it off and put heroic on on Poe and and the Red Squadron, but heroics for defense and this is for offense and this is obviously meant to just fly into things kill them and then fly through them so it's not a it's not a defensive list is it let's be honest no um we've got one cool. more list to go as well haven't we have we yeah oh did i count did, did i think i'd counted to eight and actually only count to oh, seven i have to look wrong six seven yeah, oh no i did more. yeah yeah so paul called uh, cadwell what? sorry yeah i just can't count mate I just uh, left on the ladder. I didn't count. I'm not going to pretend I can count better than you. I'm still <laughs> an idiot as well. No, I'm just scrolling down the lists. Um, and I thought I'd, I thought I'd got to eight, and I hadn't. I'd got to seven. So, um, so um, Paul Cadwell, um, which is a name I recognise, I think from um, a couple of other Tin Squadron things. Um, but um, yeah, Paul um, 
got into top eight with uh, Galactic Republic, Anakin Skywalker in in an Actus, so fifty six points with extreme maneuvers, nice, um, cheap old cheap, cheap Anakin as he's now known, and um, two I one arcs, arc one seventies, and Warthog with seven fleet gunner. So seven fleet gunner is the one where you can roll an extra red dice um, and uh, once, and then you can recharge it by the 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 lap. Um, taking a disarm token in the system phase. So your 60-point support ship chooses not to use its two-dice gun, and one of your arcs can shoot an extra red out its front or out its rear. It's up to a maximum of four, um, but it does allow for the... Um, it kind of offsets the um, the Republic's problem of not having three reds. Um, I do like it. I've been playing with it a bit. I know you've been playing with Seventh Fleet a little bit as well, haven't you, Andreas? I have been doing it quite a bit, especially with Anakin. Yeah. What What have you been doing? Um, I was doing Anakin in this with CLT, mm-hmm. and then I would have uh, usually what's the I two lat that the Hound that lets you take deplete and strains off of people, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then. Uh, usually I'd like to take in the Edda, the Shock T, because then you can, you can front load, you can give Anakin and let him take, uh, evade action and just keep it for a while. Yeah. Okay. That bullseye shot, that five die bullseye shot is pretty mean. Yeah. So how, how it works is Anakin does range one, three dice with, um, you know, two plus one for range, plus adding a focus for CLT, um, plus adding an extra dice to roll for Seven Fleet Gunner. So Seven Fleet Gunner has a roll maximum of four dice. So you roll the four, and then you add the CLT. So with the lat re-rolls, you're basically saying, well, you know, I'm going to take me a focus. I'm going to add a focus and roll four dice, and then re-roll two of them. So it's four or five hits every time, um, if you get it on. It's uh, it's a beautiful thing when it comes off, um, and and if you're feeling particularly frisky, you can add shattering shot onto it as well, and go for the um, go for the obstructed range one six dice banger. Um, but um, getting that off is is not ever going to happen. Let's be honest. But it's nice having the opportunity to try and do it. It's no, it's but if great. you did, you'd be so proud of yourself. I know. I think I, I just stopped playing X Wing. I'm like, nah, that's it. I've done. I can't <laughs> do any better than that. Scarlet. Do you remember, Ben, in version one, there was a stupid list that allowed you to roll like 13 reds or something stupid? And it was like Shara Bay in an arc, and you had to literally align the stars to get it to happen. But it was like all of the add something and add something and spend of this to add that. And I can't even remember what the combo was. And if, if anybody's listening, they can remember. But it was... It might have been, it wasn't, it was like a nine, I think it was a nine dice double modded attack if you got it off. And it was like pre them introducing the six die cap and probably the reason for them introducing the six die cap. But yeah, there was this absolutely absurd combo that you could do in first edition that did that. And yeah, it's uh, it's funny because the um, the Yetas can get up to six um, as well, I think. No, they can only get five because they can only seventh fleet plus trick shot means that they'd be rolling five. So, yeah, 
So they can only get to five by adding one for shattering shot as well. But yeah, Jedi being able to do five with their little two dice guns is hilarious. Um, I, I approve wholeheartedly of it. Um, and I think what's great is that it's all optional. So you don't have to do any of it until after you see the dice roll. So you don't have to spend your force to add shattering shot. Um, you know, you just the only thing you have to declare beforehand is Seventh Fleet Gunner to roll the, the extra dice initially. So anyway. That was the Colonel Cup. Well done to Sean. It's been so long since we first said well done to him. We've talked through eight lists. Wow. Um, but I'm actually... do another one as well, because I'd quite like to get down to one sometime. Yeah. Um, I think, I mean, it's, it's in Cornwall, um, so it's far away. But, you know, they drive up for our events. So I think it'd be nice if we um, took a little a little cadre down to them at some point um, in the not too distant or next year, whenever it is. It would be lovely. Um, yeah. Uh, so again, well done to um, Chris and Nikki for organising it um, from all reports it went well. And it's good to see that a bunch of the new ships um, were used um, and slapped down on the table um, by new. I mean, anything that's come out in the last 12 to 18 months. <laughs> so including all the new T-70s, all of the new First Order stuff, all of the new Y-Wings. Uh, yeah, it's great seeing new content being used and actually making an impact on games. So cool. Good times. I wonder how many um, burnets were in the room. I think it's five, maybe. Oh no, because Nikki was organising it, but not playing, so maybe even six. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they had a, they had a big old, big old pile there. Oh, they had some great, great lists in the place though. Like uh, some Sean O'Neill, absolute nonsense. Four Tie BA interceptors and midnight with composure. <laughs> wow. I have no idea what's going on there. That's a lot of ships. Um. So yeah. Uh, anyway, well, double modded three dice, I imagine. Yeah, that's basically it, isn't it? Um, cool. Um, so that was the Kerno Cup, um, and it was a charity as well. So well done. Yeah, Cornish Air Ambulance. Um, if you want to donate to the Cornish Air Ambulance, just um, play one of the Tin Squadron events ever, because everything they run is donated as a charity to the Cornish Air Ambulance. So um, that's a great. Um, it's a great charity because obviously it is for all we make fun of it being far away it really is quite remote in parts of cornwall and it's very difficult to get places so um Especially it's a very worthwhile charity have you been to chris's house no but i've um so we were talking on the internet one night and he gave me his address and we were looking at it on google maps oh, um, okay. and it, like to get to where his nearest tesco's you can either drive a mile or get on a, a bus like a ferry bus that goes across the channel, uh, like the the bit where he is. Nice. So he's uh, he is pretty out in the sticks, Chris. Is. Yeah. He has a boat though, so he doesn't have to get a ferry. He can, you know, get his boat yacht. To... Yeah, he can get his yacht. He can get on his yacht and, and go to Tesco, buy some buy some quinoa for his pony. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they have. He's saying they have a chip shop, and sometimes this guy comes and does pizzas. <laughs> He really does live in like the outskirts. It looks oh lovely goodness. where he lives, though. Beautiful. It is a beautiful part of the world, but um, I only know that because I've been a tourist there, which meant that he was probably swearing at me when I was driving down the, <laughs> the country lanes. Um, so yeah. Uh, so we're gonna uh, we're gonna move on um, from talking about those things, and we have chatted a little bit about different lists and stuff like that. But something that we've been doing when we've had guests on the show, particularly guests who are good at playing X Wing is asking them about their thought processes for how they play the game 
which I'm amazed at myself that I've remembered that I have to do this without bench out questions at me. Um, <laughs> so, Andreas, what we've kind of saying is, is when people say to you, or when you're playing a game, and somebody says, like, back to dials or next round, can you try and articulate your thought process, what you do um, at that point, and what your your flow is almost for how you go through that? Um, usually, I like to see this as solving a puzzle, the X-Wing, and it starts at turn zero, right? Well, it starts when you see your opponent's list. Yeah. And you always, I always try to be one step ahead, so you kind of just plan. So when, when you say back to dials, you already know where you want to, general area of where you want to put your ship. Mm-hmm. Um, and so because of that, I already kind of know what I'm going to dial in. You know, whether it's a three bank or a three hard. And that, I mean, and so you kind of have to start thinking the turn before, where do I want to put my ship that I still have exits, right? So I don't want to put my ship in a way where I only have one maneuver that I can do, but I want to have it where I can go right or I can go straight. Mm-hmm. And so they have to just they my opponent has to then think oh are they gonna go are they gonna turn in now and attack me or are they gonna keep going straight and try to get the flank? Okay, so you're thinking about so your your first kind of thought process is where are they going to be? Where do I want to put my ship so that if they are where I think they're going to be the next turn, I've got more than one option for where I can put my ship. So you're primarily thinking one turn ahead about making sure you're not locked into a single move. Is that it? Is that what you mean? Yes. Because as soon as you get locked into a single move, your opponent knows it as well. And then they can capitalize on it and say, oh, that's where they're going to be. And that's, I mean, that's why the power of the ion token is so strong. Because you know where the opponent's going to be. Yeah, so if if you... If you look at somebody's ship and say, literally the only move on their dial that can clear and get an action is a one bank, that means they're going to do a one bank or they're going to do something that means that they're going to be tokenless. So they're either going to bump and not move far or they're going to do a one bank and have a token. You're like, yeah, they're going to do a one bank. Um, so, I, I mean, I guess it's easy to do that, I think, when you've got a swarm. Like if you're playing with a swarm or you're playing with six ships, it's easy to kind of guess where they're going to put their ships, like in a rough area. You know, you're going to have one over here, one over there, and I'm going to point all my ships towards that one kind of thing. Um, I'm like trying to block up space. But with a smaller number of ships, I guess I I can't always understand how to predict where somebody's going to be like two turns in advance. For me, it's there's too many variables. So how do you, like, what what do you think about when you're looking at somebody else's ship position and thinking, you know, where is he going to be? Um, usually when you're doing your actions, so after I've moved, when I'm doing my actions, you know, boost, barrel roll, et cetera, I'm trying to think, okay, where is their ship? At first, I mean, first off, you want to see, is it going to get me out of arc, et cetera, et cetera. But then you want to start thinking, what moves can they do the next turn to either block me, to get me in a, in a bad position? Mm-hmm. Um, right. And so there's kind of a, 
uh, I guess, a hierarchy of you start off with your um, what actions do I do that help me immediately to not get shot or to get shots, mm-hmm. which and then you want to start and then go to the action bar of what position will help me the most for the following turn. And then what yeah. position would help me to prevent the enemy from getting a leg up? Okay, so your 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 hierarchy is number one, not get shot. Number two, get a shot. Number three, help me next turn. Number four, sorry, help me to be in a better position next turn. Number four, help me to negate their ability to cause me problems next turn. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So it, it's interesting that you, you put your number one and two that way around because I think something that a lot of players do is their priority is to make sure that they're throwing dice, red ones, um, even if that means that they have to take some fire back, you know, trading yeah. one shot for one shot if you've got double mods on your attack or even single mods on your attack. Um, as long as you're only taking one shot back is probably okay as long as you've got a better shot than them. Um, or you know a, a a chance at an initiative kill or something like that, but I think um, you're you're kind of saying that you'd prior you'd prefer not to be shot at, unless you know the math says you're going to get an initiative kill. I guess. Yeah, like, if they have one health left, then okay, and I'm going to roll four dice into them. Yeah, you do it. Yeah, target lock focus and or target lock just to try and secure that kill. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, okay. Um, yeah, I, I find that really interesting because I think, as I said, a lot of people, um, certainly that I've played against, wouldn't prioritize not being shot. And I guess the ability to do that maths on the fly, um, where you can kind of, like if they've got one health left and you've got a four dice and you've already got a lock on them, you know, you just stay where you are and you take a focus because, um, you know, you can probably kill them. Um but then I think that there's the next level of player where they say, well, actually, if I can focus into a linked barrel roll, then if weird maths does happen and I don't kill them because the dice do something weird, then they don't get a shot back because of barrel rolled out. And I think a lot of players would just kind of pound in and say, oh, well, I'm definitely going to kill you now with your one health ship and I've got double mods. I need to do, you know, two damage on four dice with double mods. Yeah. And then they get sad when they do one, <laughs> and then and then the ship rolls a natural evade or whatever. Um, so I think there's a, a a thing there about always, you know, kind of being aware of the odds, but also being aware that you know there is that not point not two percent chance that the dice just four blanks into four blanks when you target lock them. You know, and yeah. well, it doesn't happen. I think big parts of this too is it depends on what list you're flying and what list they're flying as well, yeah. right? As a lot of it is. Um. So, I mean, you, you said at the start that you talk about, you know, you start thinking about it at turn zero and you talk about it at rocks um, and about ship placement and that kind of things. Um, at what point do you start thinking about your win condition, about how do I win this game? So, you know, we've had some people chat about it in the Discord server and we've had some people chat about it on here and, you know, there's a variance between... Uh, some people who say, well, I always look at their ships and figure out what I need to kill in order to in, in trade for any of my pieces so that I know, you know, what, what ships I can put in danger and where and when um, versus other people who say, I look at my win condition with 15 minutes to go. You know, I set up going 200 nil. That's what I'm playing for. Um, and then with 15 minutes to go, I figure out 
right, if I want to win the game now, I can't get 200 nil. If I want to win the game now, I need to kill that and not give up any points or whatever. What What's your approach yeah. to win conditions? So I th- it's part of the, when you first see their list, you have to look at it and think, okay, you look at the points, but to me, more important than points is which piece is dangerous to my end game piece, right? So if I'm taking, uh, I've been flying a lot of Kylo lately. Mm-hmm. And so I'm thinking, okay, if they have an I6, if you have Fen Rao against Kylo, I don't want his I don't want an endgame of Fen Rao against Kylo. Yeah. So I do everything I can to kill his Fen Rao. Because mm-hmm. um, then it makes my endgame easier and that my win condition mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. Kylo kills everything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Um so once you have a look at so you think if you're looking at their list and it's like 200 points and you think, right, I need to kill that 60, whatever Fenrau costs these days, points worth of Fenrau. Um, and I need to, are you thinking at that point, I need to trade up for him? Or are you thinking, no, I just, whatever it costs, if I lose 100 points of ship to get, get Fenrau off the board, that's worth it. Because it, it means that Kylo is able to then win the game from that point for me. Yeah, I think, I mean, there is definitely a, you don't want to obviously trade 60 for 100 if you can avoid it, but there is a, an area where if you take away the scary piece to your end game ship, you you definitely can make up the points later on. Mm-hmm. Um, I I used to fly, and I've done it in some tournaments, some was Guri, Advanced Sensors Guri, mm-hmm. and Guri is the same thing as anyone I6, Guri is very scared of. Yeah. So you pair it with Dengar, and Dengar is scary for anyone, including I6s, because he doesn't die. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, I, I guess it, this actually comes into list building as much as it comes into anything else, which is, is that if you're going to have a very valuable endgame piece mm-hmm. during list building, you have to start thinking about your win condition as being, you know, if I've got an 85 point Guri, which I know isn't possible anymore because they've killed the advanced sensor slot on her um but you know if you've got this incredibly expensive i5 ship that is your end game piece really um your list building then at that point has to be what do i put in with my other 115 points to protect that ship um and i think that's why fen guri as much as it was mad was a really effective list because anything that could hunt guri had to be afraid of fen but anything that Fen was afraid of, kind of masses of stuff, which can you know catch him multiple shots, some at range two when he's where he's not getting all of his nonsense, um, is the kind of stuff that Guri preys on in Endgame, with the the foolish amount of repositioning that that she's able to do. Um, mm-hmm. And if you don't turn on Guri, you know double mods, it pops into I one and advanced proton torpedoes you, um, sort of thing. So. Um, as much as it was a silly list, um, it was also effective in what it did. And I think it's interesting. Like it, it, it cascades out from actually the in-game decisions and the in-game thought process to, you know, when you're building the list. I guess, I mean, I know Ben, when, when I was talking to Ben on Tuesday, we were actually having a quick chat about what we wanted to talk to you about. Ben mentioned... 
Thursday, sorry, yeah. Um, ben mentioned. I'm so excited um, for Tuesday, isn't it? <laughs> I know. Um, <laughs> but Ben mentioned that you've built a couple of quite interesting lists and done reasonably well with lists that have been of your own construction. So I'm going to say Bob and Nim and a couple of other kind of fire spray based lists, but you you didn't really, you did do Jam Go for a bit, but not to the extent that um, some other people did. You kind of dropped off Jam Go, uh, Django after a while. Django Zam, Zam Go, that's what it's called. Um, so I mean, what, what's your, what's your thought process when you build a list? Do you just kind of find a piece that you like and build around it or, cause I, um, well, we could, we could talk about Leighton Ashera here, couldn't we? And, we could. Leighton yeah. is, snapshot Leighton is annoying to kill. Yeah. But, um, so I like, think the, so the, the big thing is when you, when I start to go look into the build, build a list, you first have to figure out what is everyone else flying? What's the meta? Mm -hmm. right and i mean boba nim is a great example of this the meta at the time when i made up that list was nantex or spamtex right six i think it was six of them yeah and everyone was complaining about it and saying how terrible it is it's such a you know terrible list to fly against and same and i guess m3a ion tractor beam is similar too mm-hmm um but the Nantex, everyone, you know, initiative four, you get so many dice, you, they just hover around in a corner. Well, then I thought, well, why don't I just try to throw bombs into them? Because they don't like bombs. It's only four health and then a proton bomb. Yeah. And so then I came up with a list of Boba Nim, of Nim being able to put a bomb, a seismic somewhere on the board, and you just deny this area for any low health ship mm-hmm. um and then you just kind of i kept going with this of okay well then who's a good partner with nim because nim ends up usually dying one agility nim's not your end game ship so i needed a strong scum piece for an end game ship which is boba i think everyone knows that and yeah. Boba, so then the benefit is Nim just puts his bomb out there and he can just fly around the back and he doesn't even have to engage and Boba can take on a list by himself then. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that, that that's a perfect example of, of, of it because you thought about the tech versus the meta being, I want to trajectory simulator some stuff into the middle of those Nantexes and make them sad. And Nim's ability to hold a bomb means that you can put two bombs into that place trivially it's not you know some weird thing um that you have to really work for um or you know and then is there a stronger ship in the game at closing out against a couple of fixed arcs than than boba especially at that time when boba had force plus rerolls plus everything else you know you Mm -hmm. could you could crash into things and still get two actions when you were attacking stuff um yeah well It, but, the, but the way I played it wasn't throwing Boba in there. It mm. was with Lone Wolf, you do engagements at range three because they can't come into your bombs. Yeah. And you just use Boba to fly through your own bomb and you just don't blow it up. And then Boba gets a shot, he runs away, shoots out the back again, and you just slowly kill him. Yeah. You just tickle them at range three. And if they're 
tractor into turn the rock so they're getting shots on you they're doing two dice attacks at range three and they're tractored so they're you know you're more likely to push the damage onto them because you can always boost and lock and then once they're down to one or two ships you can start to just pile into them with Boba at that point i suppose because you know you might as well that's the that's the blood in the water moment isn't it when they they were down to one or two nantex and you thought yep i can just just initiative kill you now i like to do it Mm -hmm. um cool I don't know. I find that very interesting. Have you got any any questions that you want to ask, um, Andreas Ben? No, no. You asked what we'd been talking about. <laughs> yeah, it it's a it it's always interesting to hear how different people approach the game and the the different thought processes. So thank you very much for that. I I appreciate it's weird and a bit awkward just trying to articulate how you think. Um, so thank you very much for for doing that for us. Um, really appreciate yeah. it. Um. Okay. I've run out of things on my list of things that I wanted to talk about. So I'm going to propose that we kind of start winding the episode down here. So Ben, it's time for you to come off mute and start hurling abuse at me again, if you want to. <laughs> um, so Andreas, have you got any shout outs that you want to do today? Um, no, not really. Just, uh, I guess, I'm just glad that I could be part of the Sith Taker stuff and Tauntaun Squadron. And yeah. finding, you know, the great, I guess, the X-Wing community as a whole. It's been, it's been great to actually make friends during this whole pandemic, which most people haven't been able to do. Yeah, the online stuff's been pretty cool, um, I will admit. And I'm, I apologize that one of those people that you were forced to meet was me. So, but never mind. You know, no, there's you been others as well. apologize for Darren, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, Darren's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. But, um, those pictures he made of you are amazing. <laughs> Let's not talk about that again. <laughs> um, so, um, so yeah, and yeah, no, just just as you said, the um, the the Tonton guys, we've 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 picked up their 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 little server. It's it's a really little friendly kind of happy place um, to to sit and chill out and chat about X Wing and you know find little pickup games and stuff. So, um, really really cool bunch of people from Northern Ireland. They're basically you. You get invited to their server if you play against one of them, and they go, "Do you want to join?" <laughs> and then, you know, some people stay and hang out, and some people don't. And yeah, it's a, it's, it's good fun. I think um, they were desperate at first because they invited me pretty early on. <laughs> <laughs> and there used to be five of them who spent the entire time talking about nothing, but now you know they talk about NFL because there's American people on there, and two of the Northern Irish lads really love American football. So, you know, now they've got American people on, they can talk about it with, and they're really happy. Um, so, yeah. Um, okay, well, thank you very much. Um, ben, have you any shout-outs for today? Mm, you know, just uh, Elements opening Tuesday, and I'm happy about that. Yep. Cool. Uh, we've got to thank um, the staff at Element who've actually gone out and sorted the things out that weren't quite right so that they can actually open on tuesdays so um recruited a few extra people and you know sorted out everything else so yeah oh um, i have got a shout actually i don't know if he listens or not but bar wench is actually leaving element so i wish him luck yeah yeah so good luck to him mate he knows who he is that's jonathan no bar the, the, bar, the bar child yeah <laughs> um okay uh yeah he, he was helpful to me he pointed me at the right pots of things that I needed from the shop when I went and said I need something that does this and I'm confused and he took me by the hand and 
picked a few things up and said I could literally sell you anything now couldn't I, I was like yep <laughs> as long as it's cheap I'll buy it and it was like right <laughs> let me just go and get you a few things so and I, I am now the proud owner of some Nuln oil and some satin varnish which I didn't know what they were but now I kind of do and he even told me how to put them on so that it doesn't look dreadful so hopefully I'll be able to do that to the things I've painted so um yeah so thank you Bridget. again to him yeah Sorry, I was just thinking I did have actually a proper shout out. Go on. The Babu Frick and what a terrible card it is. It's way overpriced. Oh, it's a, it's a, it's a good card, but it's way overpriced. Anyways, yeah. all right. That was it. You, you, you have a shout out to Babu Frick. Hey, hey. Um, off we go. <laughs> um, new catchphrase. Apparently. Um, somebody did it at work to me the other day, and I'm sure Darren put them onto it. But, uh, <laughs> I don't know if he did. Um, so, um, yeah, so I, I don't really have any shout-outs either, it's, uh, other than the ones I've already done to like, Jonathan and um, David and the, the other guys at Element and, and Tuesday night and uh, and the rest of the Sith takers. Oh, actually, do you know what was really cool on uh, on Thursday was a bunch of the guys who've... Well, we've talked before about how a bunch of the guys have gone and played um, Hobbits and um, Lord of the Rings, whatever it's called. Um, and they came over and they were like, oh, I'm not sure if I, uh, I don't know. And then they saw us playing X-Wing and they saw us moving the ships around and rolling the dice. And you could just see them getting interested. And you could just see them, do you know what I mean? Like, like just going, oh, I remember why this was fun. Oh, yeah. I got yeah. a message the next day asking for lists. Yeah. Can, can you send me over a quick resistance list? I, I might pack them. I'll, I'll play one game of Lord of the Rings and then come over for a couple of games of, of X-Wing if you're, if you're going to be here on a Thursday kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was really cool to see um, the guys again. Um, I'm not sure if I need to do anything this take or open related. I don't think so. We are continuing to sell tickets. Um, I think we're up to about 115 or so sold now. So, um but with inevitable dropouts and stuff, it, I'm now pretty comfortable that we're going to have more than 100 people at the event. So I'm really psyched for it. Uh, I'm really excited. And I think it's going to be amazing. So if you do want to get a ticket, they're still for sale. There's still plenty left. Um, but the rate that they're going at the moment, it's probably worth, um, if you definitely want to attend, um, buying a ticket sooner rather than later. Because I would be so sad um, if we ended up selling out and having to go into waiting this territory and then people not getting a ticket and then inevitably people don't turn up. And, you know, we, we put a lot of tickets up so it wouldn't happen and we sold more than we thought we would, um, which is good. Um, and we can we can deal with that capacity because um, Element is, is big and uh, there's enough space. But, um, yeah, it'd be sad if, if we ended up going to waiting lists again when the, the purpose of having the massive ticket pool was that that didn't happen. Um, so yeah, if you want to go buy a ticket, is what I'm saying. Um, and uh, yeah, I think with that, we'll we'll wrap it up. So um, thanks very much again to Andreas for coming on uh, to chat to us. Cheers, mate. Cheers. And uh, and bye-bye. You can say bye-bye now at this point as well. Is that it? Bye-bye. There we go. <laughs> uh, it's, it's goodbye from Ben. See you later. Uh, a, a quick goodbye from Tim, because he did speak, even though he said he wasn't going to. He had to jump in to correct us. Uh, goodbye. There he is. <laughs> and a goodbye from me. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. What is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. No more.
false if I had to choose, it'd be Back to the Future. <laughs> Which one? All of them. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> Why not both? Um, Why not all three? Why not? 